What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. One of their employees is on the floor, and he grabs Brandon by the jersey and shoves him. Not holding him back, shoves him. And that doesn't get addressed either. And if there's nothing wrong with that, then I have no problem finding some people to hire on our staff that next time we get in a skirmish, I'll keep all of my players back. Because the fact that they don't get in trouble for that, the refs don't say anything about that, and he puts his hands on one of our players. He works for them. He can touch their players all he wants. Don't touch my damn players. Because if that's okay, I'm sure we can find a couple people here in L.A. that want that job working for the Lakers, too. So that's, you know, that's not right. One. All right, welcome everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast where, uh, you know, sky's still falling and the Lakers continue to circle around their own pile of dung that they continue to try to peddle off as standard business practice, but uh, here we are and uh, it smells. Oh, and if you're asking yourself, why the new intro song? Is this even the right show? Don't worry, it is. We haven't completely gone off the rocker. There's a purpose to that intro song because it is actually our very original first intro song on the Lakers Legacy podcast. And for the 30% of our audience who has listened to us from the start or near start, they would know that 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 song is a complete throwback, a blast from the past. And it's relevant because Luke Walton himself has been blasted into the past. He is now considered a blast from the past because he is no longer going to be part of the Lakers' present or future, as he was just fired yesterday from his head coaching position with the Los Angeles Lakers. And so today's episode is going to be a little bit of a unique one. I thought it would be interesting to take a look back on when Luke Walton first got hired on to take the reins of this franchise uh, from a basketball perspective and how we felt about that transition just coming out of the darkness 
under Byron Scott's reign of terror and what we thought about the future when the Lakers made that hiring and how different and how bleak things look now. In this episode, right after I finish this quick intro and set things up, I'll be playing a 16-minute clip that I edited down from one of our episodes three years ago, a day after Luke Walton was signed on to be the head coach of the Lakers. And and yeah, you're just going to hear our initial instant reaction to the hiring and how rosy the world looked at the time because it felt like the Lakers were moving in the right direction and were ready to put their archaic ways of doing things in the past. But of course, that was right before the Timofey Mozgov and Luau Dang signings happened. And of course, right after all of this shit has hit the fan with uh, everything crumbling in spite of the fact that they had just signed LeBron James a year ago. But just like the day that they signed Luke Walton three years ago, it just seems like the Lakers, with any new and good thing that they're able to somehow get their hands on, and even facilitate the acquiring of, the longer that promising shiny new toy stays in the Lakers organization or facility or around the people up top, cough, genie bus, cough, cough, it just seems like those things end up eventually corroding anyways, no matter how promising no matter how much potential they had, the longer they stay, the more they just continue to deteriorate internally until it bursts forth on the outside and combusts. So yeah, I thought it would be a cool look and contrast to take a look back on how we felt just three years ago, how things have transpired, and how differently we feel today, even in spite of the fact that we just got LeBron James. So we'll have a quick blast from the past, and then after that segment... I'm going to take us to the present and air an hour-long episode just came out on Friday from a guest spot that I did with the dudes over at the Late Night Lake Show podcast uh, with my buddy RJ Barnes, who you guys know on Twitter as at Mr. Ricky Spanish and his co-host Dan. So you'll hear us talk for an hour just about the current state of the Lakers, what happened with Magic Johnson, whether Rob Palenka is trying to throw a coup, if Jeannie Buss is under his spell, and just our sentiments on what can only be described as the upside down. Or if anybody's watched us, you know, down there. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, that's what's happening in this episode. 16-minute segment looking back on our initial reactions to Luke Walton being hired. And then an hour-long segment on the current state of the crumbling Lakers. And so yeah, these are precarious times for the Lakers right now. And we're just kind of holding with bated breath at what's to come, and trying not to let our deepest, darkest fears overtake us right now. Because at the moment, it sure seems like Genie is not only making Rob Palenka the de facto default GM, it seems like she's actually raising his position and ranking and power. Because if they go into this next few weeks searching for a head coach before they search for a president of basketball operations, or God forbid, that title doesn't even exist... Well, I just don't know anymore about our plans for free agency this upcoming summer. So yeah, it's crazy that we're in this position heading into the most important summer that this franchise has ever had, and most important than even the LeBron James summer, because we have a chance to completely shift the direction of our franchise, and it doesn't seem like we're shifting into the right gear. We are stuck on neutral, or worse, we're going in reverse. So so we'll get to more of our thoughts on that, and honestly, we're just waiting for 
news to break on the head coaching front. You'll get our thoughts soon on head coaching candidates, hopefully president of basketball operations candidates. But for now, again, we're going to memorialize Luke Walton in a way, pour one out for him, take a look back on his hiring, and then take it to the present and uh, where we are right now with uh, my guest spot on the Late Night Lake Show podcast. So with that said, before I turn it over, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate and review us on iTunes. We actually have some content queued up that's counter-programming. If you're sick of all this Lakers front office bullcrap, I actually conducted an interview with a, a draft guest, with a draft analyst that you'll hear soon. I'm not sure when I'll drop it, trying to find the right time, but if you're interested in that, and it's a deep dive, it's a deep introductory dive into this year's draft class and the prospects who could land in the 11th range. So if you like those types of shows, please rate interview us and maybe I'll consider dropping it soon. Um, but with that said, I'm going to kick it over to our sponsors real quick. And then right after that, you're going to be taken back into the past. You're going to go into a time machine to three years ago and you'll hear Tommy and I just get lit over Luke Walton. And uh, apologies for the sound quality back then. We still were working the kinks out of our uh, sound production and whatnot. So you'll hear from our sponsors first and then me and Tommy. And shortly after that, the Late Night Lake Show podcast with Ricky Barnes and Dan. Luke! Welcome everybody to the Lakers Legacy <laughs> Podcast. Get this lit. I feel like we've been getting lit too much, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we have been. Uh, but it's a good thing because the Lakers are doing some big things and everybody's in that state of euphoria right now. So, yeah, it was crazy because on Friday, nothing happened the entire day. It was like yeah. dead quiet. We didn't, we didn't even like chat on our message board. And then all of a sudden, this news broke out. And I guess we didn't explicitly say it, but if you aren't following along, Luke Walton is the Lakers' new <laughs> head coach. For 2016-17. So yeah, it was one of those surreal Fridays where it felt like we signed a big free agent again. And um, practically speaking, it is like signing a big free agent. And one of the first big free agents that we've been able to sign in a while um, after being snubbed by by all these guys. Um, so I guess quickly, how do you feel? Everything's happened so quickly. We're like, you know, 24 hours removed kind of. Um, what's going through your head? Yeah, so I mean... I think we said on the last podcast, like, when we were all hyped that Byron was fired and we ran through the coaches. Uh, to me, Luke was, I'm pretty sure I said, like, pretty far and away number one. Yep. Um, and for all the reasons that I sort of spelled out, like, I mean, I think the main the main thing that people were concerned about, this, I, I sort of had this revelation, I guess, before we even hired Luke, but the only thing I was in any way concerned about was his experience, right? Yeah. And then I just sort of realized, like, wait a minute, Steve Kerr is the Warriors coach, and he had no experience coaching at any level, head coaching, assistant coaching, like, nothing, right? Like, he, Steve yeah. Kerr retired in 2003. He did broadcasting from 2003 to 2007. He went in the Suns front office from 2007 to 2010. And then he was out of the league for four years. And then... I mean, he was like a minority owner of the Suns. I, I had to look up his like Wikipedia or something. And <laughs> and then Bob Myers, the Suns G, or sorry, the Warriors GM, just signed Steve Kerr to be his coach of a fifty of a team that won fifty games the previous year. 
And Steve Kerr will comes in with the same roster and win 66 and 73. And besides like pure numbers, like forget the wins, right? It's like 50 wins is still a lot. 66 wins is like obviously better, but like forget the wins. It's just the way they played, you know, like the Warriors, yeah. the, when they were a 50 win team, did not look in any way like a threat. Like if anybody watched the OKC game tonight, it's like OKC has Westbrook and Durant, <laughs> but like the way they play, you just never really get that nervous that they're going to win the championship or, you know, you, you never get that like feeling that this team can win the championship. Um, yeah. And that's sort of like the Warriors. So when I was thinking about that, I was like, look, Luke is like, first of all, he has, he's coached a little bit. I, yeah, he's coached the Warriors, but He's coached a little bit. He's been an assistant coach for two full years. He saw Steve Kerr build that system from the ground up, and he's just had so many coaching influences in his life. Um, yeah. Starting with like his dad's ties to like great coaches, his own ties from Arizona and with the Lakers, and then watching Steve Kerr and working with Steve Kerr, and I'm just so excited. I think this was like by far and away the best decision um, that the Lakers could have made, and. I'm sh- like, I will say I am shocked that they made the call that fast and, yeah. and uh, props to them for like showing that the old, old age is like over and it's time for a new era now. I mean, it li- literally feels that way, right? Because we've never seen them act so quickly and so decisively. And I think it was so smart on so many levels. We don't exactly know what went down, but just going into that meeting and Luke mentioned that the Lakers gave him a clear vision of the future and the exact free agents that they wanted to sign and what they were looking at and what they believed, how he fit into all of that. And for the first time, you know, looking back on the Aldridge pitch, we actually see a clear yeah. you know, map. And I'm, I'm sure that he pitched them their different combos of who they wanted to sign. If they can get this guy, then maybe they can get this guy. And then they probably showed him tiers of those free agents that they could look at yeah. and just how he would fit into that and... Also, it sounds like they talked about the personnel a lot. You know, Luke was a very talked very glowingly about Larry Nance, Julius Randle, Jordan Clarkson, D'Angelo Russell, and I'm so excited at the way that he's going to implement all these guys. I mean, all of his quotes from Warriors practice today were so encouraging, and it's sad because for the first time, like he's just saying very matter of fact stuff. He's just saying but... <laughs> things, but like we say on this I podcast, know. and look, you and I watch a lot of basketball, and I think we're pretty sophisticated basketball fans. We're not like NBA people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you would think that if we could figure this stuff out, like an NBA person should be able to figure this stuff out just by using common sense and logic. And it's yeah. it's so nice to see a guy who's like. Oh yeah, Randall. He averaged ten rebounds as a rookie. He seems like kind of a beast. Like D'Angelo. Oh, he's. I mean, this guy can be like a perennial all star, you know. And it's like, oh my god, you know, you're just saying obvious shit. That like, oh, I don't think we're gonna run the triangle because we don't really have the personnel for that. Like, thank you. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, but after two years of Byron, you forget what real life is like and what practical common sense is like, and so yeah. you get one whiff of that from Luke Walton and it's like we're breathing above water all of a sudden and we're like, wow, it's a brand new world. But I mean, it really is. And I was very impressed by the way, you know, I was very impressed by that triangle comment. He was like, no, this triangle doesn't fit with what we want to do here. We want to play what how we've played in Golden State, you know, motion, offense, pace and space. Pace and that's space, what we want to yeah. do. I mean, I was like, yes, that's a perfectly transparent answer that people are looking for. You know, he didn't need to coddle up to Phil Jackson's old system in spite of the fact that Luke Walton very much looks up to Phil, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was, it's been like a whirlwind. And I think 
everybody is just super hyped and super encouraged. I think the biggest thing this does is, and they did it so quickly that the biggest thing this does is it sets the foundation and the precedent for free agency where we can come into our pitches on a unified front you know what i mean yeah um, even in even the genie buses and the magic johnsons of this world can go behind this because it's luke Walton, everybody you know, just, did it's, it's yeah. like universally this move was praised i mean you're always going to get the second guessing like fans out the brand of fans on the internet but like from everything i read every writer every you know important lakers person etc like all of them seem super pretty like super excited about this uh about this hiring and they should be because it was objectively in my opinion the best hiring i'm not sure what i'm more surprised at i mean i'll tell you what i'm more surprised at. i mean yeah i okay as shocked as i am that the lakers acted so quickly i think what surprised me more was it turns out that the Lakers were the ones holding all the, like, you know, with the stacked deck here. Like, apparently Luke was just, like, this was his dream job. And, like, he came into this meeting selling himself. Like, from what I've gathered from the meeting, obviously none of us were there, but, like, from what I've read in the reports, it seems like both sides sold each other, right? Like, Luke sold, like, I got experience. These are the things I think I want to implement. I think that's what the Lakers were looking for. They were looking for... Can this guy, it was his position to lose, you know what I mean? They came into yeah. the meeting and they were like, can this guy show us, and we're going to grill him, and can he show us it's not going to be as simple as like Alvin Gentry, oh, let me just go to a new team and everybody shoot threes, Anthony Davis, you shoot threes, everybody shooting threes, you know what I mean? Yeah. Is he going to say something like that, or is he going to say something like, that just shows us he has a deep understanding of what's going on here, you know what I mean? And I think he did that, and then, and then quickly the it shifted to the Lakers being like, okay, now that you've sold us, we're going to sell you. This is how we feel about our young players. This is where we see the vision. This is our vision of the team moving forward, et cetera, et cetera. And I saw the thing that was the most surprising to me was Luke was not sure. You know what I mean? From all the reports, he he went home Thursday night and he thought the interview went well, but he had no idea. I think the shocking thing to me was I thought it was going to, this whole thing was going to have to be the Lakers selling him or, I know it yeah. sounds ridiculous because this is like a storied franchise and we're talking yeah. about a 36-year-old coach who's never yeah. been a head coach in the NBA. But despite all that, I thought it was going to be like, we're going to have to show you why you should leave this championship Warriors team. And instead, it ended up being like a little bit of both from both sides, you know? I think the Lakers knew, like we said, that they wanted him to be their number one and he just came in there. And I think they, they probably saw that he also wanted to be their number one. And at that point, it's like, let's just cut the crap here. We don't need to extend anything. I know Luke had lined up some interviews and the Lakers had some interviews lined up. But I think both parties, once they sat down for six hours, yeah. I mean, it's in six hours, you're going to learn a lot about yourself. Yeah. And like, that's incredible. And I think the Lakers just realize, you know what, this is the guy, let's just go in, go in decisively. And it's so smart on so many levels, because let's say they had said, Luke, right now you're number one, but we still got to run through some interviews, but we'll get back to you yeah. soon, like a normal job interview. Yeah, kind of yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. But that he, they could have run the risk of not to say that, you know, Houston could have been a huge thing. But still, you never know with Luke going into, all right, Luke, Luke says, okay, cool, I'll go into my interviews as well. And then he gets wooed by Houston's analytics, and then they give a firm offer. You just don't want to have that risk involved. Exactly. Even if you don't think, even if you don't think Houston could have gotten him, the Lakers are just like, you know what, let's just cut the crap. We'll cancel our interviews. You cancel your interviews if you want it. It's yours. And just boom, boom, like that. And um, 
Yeah, it was great. It was amazing. They sealed the deal for once. Oh my and... god. And it's like, it's so refreshing that after three years of being shot down by all the desirable names on the market, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, in free agency and in coaching, it's like, yeah. Luke was pretty much hot commodity this year, right? Th- yeah. When Thibs got hired by the Minnesota Timberwolves, everybody was like, oh, you know, Minnesota, they got a great coach, and like, Scotty Brooks goes to Washington. Oh, you know, solid hire by Washington, but I mean, I don't, I can't speak, I guess, for other teams. I don't know how other teams view things, but he had to have been number one or number two in terms of desirable coaching options this summer. You know what I mean? And for the Lakers to just go in, make the call, boom, sign him up, like lock that shit down. It's not even May yet. You know what I mean? This is when they fired Mike D'Antoni. Literally today is the two year or three year or whatever it was anniversary of the day that they fired Mike D'Antoni. So yeah. To already have gotten rid of Byron and hired a new coach in that same time frame shows a lot about how how fast the front office is moving. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to make bold statements, but at this point, given how positive things are, I would honestly be pretty surprised if Kevin Durant didn't come to Los Angeles. (laughs) That is crazy, man. There's too many things. Everyone thought I was so crazy, but don't you feel how, like, what is your feeling now versus like four months ago when I first brought up this Durant possibility? You know what I mean? My feeling is what Kevin Garnett said after he won the championship. Anything is possible. Anything's possible. Uh, And, uh, yeah, Kevin. But even 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 if the Kevin Durant stuff doesn't happen, like let's say we get the lowest of lows you could think of, are we still going to be negative and pessimistic? Like, no, no that's the best part about this. Any we can literally bring, we, we can literally bring back the same team and just yeah. add the number thirty-two pick. I will be doesn't so matter. happy. Yeah, it literally yeah, won't if, matter at all. If we end up with Bazemore and Biombo, let's do this. We're going to the playoffs. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be amazing. And I think you brought up a great point that the Lakers squared this away really early. And because of that, they can focus on planning right now. Even yeah. without Luke, if he's focused on the Golden State Warriors playoff run, that's fine. The Lakers can begin their pitch around this stuff and you know ask Luke here and there when he's free. But outside of that, they also have that two-week window before. Whereas, I mean, when we hired Bayern, we didn't hire him till like August, right? Which is yeah. ridiculous to me looking back at it. Like we pitched free agents without a coach. Yep. And I know we kept saying like, oh, you can use the coaching thing as a carrot to dangle. But at the end of the day, I realized that's really not that important. If you have a guy there already for guys to see and you know that there's a unified front there. Yeah. It's just so much more impactful a pitch because everything looks like it's set up for you to just come in and be the missing piece, you know? Yep. Whereas if you didn't have that, it's like, uh, everything's kind of in shambles do you like that you can do whatever you want and the guy's like i don't want to think too much about this stuff i just want to come into a ready-made you know setup already you know exactly well it's like you know guys want to worry about playing basketball and they want to be coached as to how they're going to win I think the biggest thing that I also like that Luke Walton's emphasized was that he wants to establish a culture. Yep. And that is like the most important the thing most for important this thing. for this stupid Lakers club yeah. that's been in disarray from the front office to the player, the immature players, just to have that foundation and the culture set for the young guys to realize that they got to step it up, you know, it's no more time for this stupid like Dwight Howard game playing around stuff, yep. you know. Clean this crap up. <laughs> You can still have fun. Luke's a very relatable guy. He knows how to have fun too, you know? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he knows how to be serious and he knows it's going to take 
a lot out of these guys. And, and you know, I because after this Luke Walton thing, I've been irrationally all of a sudden high on all of our guys again. You know, we were a little bit low on Clarkson yeah. and even Randall to end the season. But then once this Luke Walton stuff happened, nothing really happened with our players. But I started rewatching highlights and I'm like, oh, my God, Clarkson's an all-star. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, it's just out of nowhere. Because you figure this guy, this guy's hungry. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to be in the gym with these guys. And if he sees Randall in the gym, like, I don't know what the hell Byron Scott was saying to Randall. Apparently, Randall was in the gym, like, every day last summer, right, from multiple reports. And I don't know what the hell Byron was saying to him, if anything, probably nothing, right? While Byron would sit there passively and, like, chuckle to himself and think in his head, oh, look at these two guys going to war when he sees, like, Randall and Meta, like, smashing bodies against each other (laughs) for five hours... Luke would probably look at this situation and be like, okay, this is kind of entertaining, but hey, Julius, none of this is going to be applicable in a game, but why don't you try this? How about you try this? How about you try this? How about you try this? All that stuff makes a difference, and it's going to help their development so much. Yep, for sure. No pandering by Byron Scott and all that stuff. Luke seems to tell it like it is, and I think Draymond Green said it best. You know, Luke was there when I needed him, when I was down. He'd encourage me when I was doing the wrong things. He'd tell me what the heck I was doing wrong. That's the most important thing. You need a coach who has your back, but when you're clearly being stupid, he'll tell you you're being stupid. Byron Scott pretty much pandered to what he thought the media wanted him to say, what he felt Kobe wanted him to say. And it was just a total mess altogether. And we saw all the inconsistencies and contradictions because of that. And And Luke should just be a refreshing voice all around. Yeah, and I'm actually... And welcome back to the present. I don't know how anybody else felt about that, but when I was editing that segment and looking back on it, it's kind of depressing to see how hopeful we were back then. And almost even through audio, see the glint in our eyes. And now I just look back on it and be like, you naive fools. But uh, to be honest, at the time, Luke Walton brought us out of a dark place. It seemed like the Lakers were bringing us out, out of a dark place. But like I mentioned earlier, the longer you stay with the Lakers, the longer you corrode internally. And look, Luke Walton didn't do himself any favors with some of his rotational moves, especially in the last year, dealing with veterans like Rondo. Lance Stevenson and KCP. His offensive system, or lack thereof, obviously left a lot to be desired, and even if he did have a more complex system in play, he was too slow at implementing it and always had an excuse for that. So I think Luke Walton's biggest weaknesses as a coach were his inability to adapt on the fly, and most of all, his stubbornness to hire anybody outside of his circle and optimize the level of support around him with some of the best minds in basketball. But at the same time, when everything was popping, when the Lakers were 20 and 14, Luke Walton was not the scapegoat of this organization at that moment. But as with everything else, when things go wrong, you got to find a scapegoat. You got to go on a witch hunt. And um, the Lakers did not set Luke Walton up to succeed at all, just like they haven't done with their young players. And in fact, they maybe, in some people's eyes, set him up to fail. And uh, we wish Luke Walton the best. He always had a way with his players. Everyone he has coached has always had his back and trusted him. And I think he's a leader of men. He just needs to reassess the counsel he places around him, his coaching assistants. And in a weird way, that's exactly what Jeannie needs to do as well. So now that we're back in the present, I'm going to switch it over to my guest segment on the Late Night Lake Show podcast with Ricky Barnes and Dan. So... Enjoy. 
back, back. Hey guys, welcome to the Late Night Late Show podcast. It is your hosts RJ and Danny. Danny, I don't, I'm, I'm a little lost right now, brother. I'm losing uh, it. A lot losing of stuffs it. going down. Uh, there's just crazy times in Lakers land. I checked outside for an apocalypse. I did not see one, but that does not mean that one's not happening currently. Uh, how's things over on your front now that uh, you know the bombshells have? bombed us. You know, I, I've taken cover and I peeked out and, you know, I think I'm doing okay, but mentally I'm in a lost state. So that, that's, <laughs> that's a good way I'm of putting right it. Now. I'm a little lost too. Uh, in fact, we, we needed to record this episode, but I'm a little fearful for not only our safety at, on the Late Night Lake Show podcast and what direction we will go because Magic Johnson is only our intro to the show. We just need to, we need to bring in someone bigger than us to come in and bring in a little level of clarity to the all things Lakers landscape. We're very pleased, very happy to bring in Jonathan Hernandez from the Lakers Legacy Podcast uh, to come help us sort these things out. Jonathan, how you doing today, man? Yo, what's going on, guys? I don't know if you heard yet, but I'd like to make an announcement on your podcast. So this is the first time anybody's hearing this, but I have decided to step down from my position as host of the Lakers Legacy Podcast. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wait what? a second. This is what breaking the- news. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, no, guys. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm just Damn. kidding. This is- but, I thought, ah, I, I see Woj- what's going on. I thought I thought Woj bombs were bad. I thought Woj bombs were bad, but man, this guy was dropping some nukes on us. I was like, oh, God, Ricky, what did we get ourselves into? You guys are Rachel Nichols, man. You guys got the exclusive scoop. Right. It- <laughs> It would only be fitting if you also didn't tell your co-host and you just hopped on to the show. Yeah, right. Exactly. The irony. He's fine now. Before we hop into all of this, you guys know where to follow a Late Night Lake Show podcast, a Anchor, a Spotify, Google Podcasts. Subscribe to the show. Jonathan, where can the people find you? Where can they find your show that you are still currently running? <laughs> yes. Uh, you guys can find us at, at Lakers Legacy Pod. If you want to follow my personal account, that's at JHUN88. I only tweet there when I want to talk about movies, TV shows, and show off some photography stuff, but it's a good time as well. His personal Twitter is actually his personal life, guys. He's not always talking about basketball. Yeah. I feel you on that. <laughs> For sure. Very smart to split that out. But uh, <laughs> with no further ado, man, you're here uh, to help us understand what the hell has gone down. On Tuesday, Magic Johnson stepped down as president of basketball operations uh, before the Lakers played their last game of the season. Lakers do not have a, a head person in charge. And in fact, it seemed like Magic decided to just do that on a on a whim. Uh, Jonathan, what was your first reaction to all of this? Everyone should be well up to speed about what has <laughs> gone down by now. But just tell us, what was your first thoughts when you heard that? Midlife crisis, meltdown, breakdown. What is this guy doing? Uh, that Honestly, that was my initial thought. This guy went on like a 45-minute tirade an impromptu tirade. And I don't even think he knew exactly everything he was going to spew out when he decided to call Rachel Nichols and Bill Orem and all these other media members together in the tunnel. And it just played out like, like a filibuster, like a really bad filibuster. (laughs) I don't know how else to describe (laughs) it, but him just kind of giving, you know, stream of consciousness and letting everybody know that I just decided to do this. Yeah. Like, 
like Dan or you said, on a whim. Yeah, it's just it's crazy to think. Can you imagine you're you're kind of fed up with your job and you feel like you can get a better job. So you're like, you know what? I'm going to leave my current job right now, not tell my bosses, but tell other people who I work with or worked with, I'm free as a bird. I'm gone. Would anyone ever do that? I just want to know Would would any of you guys do that? No, I think this is one of the most unprofessional, but I feel like he gets away with it because it is magic Johnson type thing. And it's, this isn't the first time magic Johnson's abruptly left when he, in 2013, I believe he was on NBA countdown with ESPN. And he three weeks before the season, he just all of a sudden said, I'm not going to be with you guys anymore. So this isn't the first time magic Johnson's done something like this. I think he's dealt with a lot in the past with the media and the criticism that he gets when he does make an announcement. Um, but this is no excuse, man. <laughs> this is crazy. This was so has a way with timing, huh? Yes. It, it, this was the, this is one of the craziest things I've heard. Just all of a sudden I'm scrolling on Twitter, watching these like games on ESPN. I'm just like chilling. And all of a sudden it's like magic Johnson stepping down. I'm like, what? No, this is a burner account or someone saying, no, no, no. <laughs> This was there Adrian Wojnarowski no saying this with a blue check. There was a blue check next to the account I read this from. So this was this was absurd. No one had any sympathy for Magic. He he felt he said he felt trapped. He felt like he couldn't be himself. He said that Serena Williams hit him up and said, <laughs> "Magic, will, will you be on my advisory board and will you mentor me?" You know, Ben Simmons wanted to talk to Magic, and Magic said, "You know what, I." I just can't not talk to other players. Guys, do you feel any of, you know, any remorse or any understanding of Magic's point of view that, hey, I'm just not having fun, so I'm going to dip? His prerogative to quit. I mean, we've all been there in whatever jobs we've been in where we mull it over to ourselves and say, man, do I really want to be here? And at some point, the tension is just so much that kind of just bursts forth. But so it's... Honestly, his right if he wants to quit and he's not having fun, he wants to be happy, all that jazz is fine. But like Dan said, the way he did it was so unprofessional, so erratic. He just ended up coming off as the spoiled, entitled, immature, fickle Magic Johnson that he's shown himself to be all these years. Just because he didn't get everything he wanted, he didn't have control over everything like he wanted. I, I, I understand where he's coming from. I empathize with the the feeling and sentiment of coming into a job and it not fulfilling all of your expectations. And I even understand the fact that he may have been backstabbed and we can get to, get into this later, right? That Rob Palinka may have backstabbed him. Maybe he was promised certain things and those weren't fulfilled to his liking. We've all been there. Touch before, on, so. I got to oh, touch on one thing you just said. Magic almost seems like he lives a very privileged life. He did not do anything to necessarily earn president of basketball mm. operations. And like you guys are both alluded to that once magic decides that I'm not really having that much fun anymore, he dips. And I don't know about you guys, but my first thing was I was infuriated that oh, you just pissed. came in and took over, took control of the Los Angeles Lakers because uh, Jeannie's father, the great late Dr. Jerry Buss, on his deathbed told Jeannie, you know, I envision you and Magic running the Lakers side by side. So this is prophecy fulfilled. And you, what, two and some change years into this said, you know what? 
I kind of just feel a little trapped. So I'm going to go back to tweeting every day, really <laughs> random takes about not so great NBA players. Like I was so pissed that uh. I, I had to review the next day. Some of my, you know, tweets to make sure because I was really on <laughs> one and there might have been a Bebito or oh, two. Man. But I was like, I felt that he disrespected the name of the Los Angeles mm-hmm. Lakers. And it's so twisted that I could even say that about Magic Johnson because he's Magic Johnson. He is the Lakers, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, that's what you would think. And when, when you guys both are hitting on the head. Like when things aren't going great, when things hit the fan, how do you react? And this is how you're going to react, Magic. You came in, oh, we got a plan. We're going to be back. We're going to be back. Like our intro, we're going to be back, back, back. We're going to start. You didn't get it. So this is this is what the job is. You This is what you signed up for. The qualifications for any job is going to lay out what they expect. Okay. And if you feel like you can meet those requirements or, f- or can fulfill those, you apply for the job you get. Obviously, Magic Johnson has a little more leeway than anybody else in this world because he did play for the Lakers, the Laker great Hall of Famer, and one of the greatest players to play. But if you don't think you can do this job to the highest level you can do it, why take it? If you want to be an advisor to these players, be that. If you want to be a mentor to these players, be that. But don't go around saying you're, gonna be, you're, you're the president of operations saying we're going to be back, trade a bunch of pieces do but make a bunch of moves that don't really make sense. You know how pissed I was watching uh Zubots was it yesterday against the Jazz just have a great game? Like it's just like we traded him for air. We traded him for nothing. Yeah, Mike Muscala, great. I want a guy just dragging along his body, chucking up threes. Great. That's really gonna help us, right? Wow. There was just like it's just a lot of things that didn't make sense this season. I don't know what kind of plan this was for Magic. Was it like okay? We can not go for uh, a player in the summer next to LeBron this year. Maybe go for Kawhi and Clay. I don't know what he was even thinking. I just, I just feel like it's such a whirlwind of emotions and a roller coaster of this year that this was like the icing on the cake. Well, we know we know what he was thinking, Danny, and we're gonna get into exactly what Magic Johnson was thinking right after this quick break. All right, guys, welcome back to the Late Night Lake Show podcast. We're still. Bunkered down. Very happy to have Jonathan from the Lakers Legacy Podcast here with us. We just were diving into trying to get into uh, the mechanics of Magic Johnson's mind. I'm a little nervous about seeing what's behind some of those doors. But uh, leading up to that press conference, apparently what had happened was, God, I hate that saying. What had happened was. <laughs> what had happened. <laughs> yeah, Magic and had met with LeBron and his agent, and they sat down and laid out the plan for the rest of the year. Rick Buchers came on the herd with Colin Cowherd today, pretty much transcribing what had happened over the last couple of days, information rolling out, and that Magic had went to LeBron and said, I plan on firing Luke. And I plan on separating from Rob Palenka and getting rid of him. That seemed to be what was sitting on his brain. Took it to Jeannie, and apparently they did not see eye to eye, which is the first time that we're hearing about a splinter in their relationship. Jonathan, how is this vision between Magic and Jeannie? How do you think that actually played out for Magic to step down and Jeannie not know about it? I did not expect there to be so much bad blood between that triumvirate of uh, Genie, Rob, and Magic. And, you know, obviously caveat that that's from Rick Buecher, but we've gotten a lot of different sources over the 
it's literally been a day, the past right. day and a half. You don't know what to believe at this point. All you know is that there's dysfunction up up top and there's not adequate communication going on. I, I even read this this tweet earlier where apparently Rob Palinka would come into the building knowing full well that Magic Johnson wasn't going to be there because Magic Johnson's only there like 10% of the time anyways. And he would jokingly <laughs> almost go, hey, where's Magic? Anybody seen Magic? Magic's not here? Oh, okay. So, I mean, it's like, like what is going yeah. on? If that If that statement is true, then it's clear that some of the sentiments that Magic was, um, or what Magic was saying during his presser when he was like, I don't like all the whispering and backstabbing going on, that could have, he could have been talking about Rob there, you know? And it's clear that these two did not have the relationship that we all thought they did at the beginning, where it seemed like these guys were the dynamic duo. And I even thought they Magic's were in love. I literally I, thought that yeah. they loved each other <laughs> from that initial press conference. And, and then it came to find out, you fast forward to today, Magic didn't even know about Rob until Jeannie said, hey, you're going to be working with Kobe's uh, ex-agent. What, what in the world? <laughs> like, they were never... What is, it's, just, it's, cra- it's so crazy to me. And I feel like Rob Palinka has that personality, too, that Jonathan was saying. You know, he'd go in and joke around. I think he rubs people the wrong way. And it's, and it's, it's happened. And they report many reports saying that when, every time that Rob would call, you know, he, the, the people that he would be calling other agents, um, other uh, teams and GMs, would pick up the phone and literally hang up and leave the dial tone going for him to spread a message. Like, we don't want to do with you. We don't want to work with you. Yes, Rob Polinka has done things on the agent side with Kobe. Um, he's done a great job over that. But when it's your first year as a GM, it doesn't go to a hot start. And it's just like when Ricky said that they start off, oh, it, they might be best friends. That's off a high of signing LeBron James. And when you came down from that high, what really happened? When reality sets in and your team isn't playing the way they should be or what you expected, this is what true feelings are. And this is how they come out. (laughs) Absolutely. And I don't want to jump the gun on this, Ricky, but I think the problem stems from the very top, right? And it starts with Jeannie Buss. And it's almost like when she put Magic and Rob together, and now we're only finding this out for the very first time, but seeing it in context, it's like she's the main matchmaker. She's best friends with Magic. She's kind of best friends with Rob and their little contingent with Linda Rambis and Kobe Bryant, et cetera. But these two are not even friends with each other. So it's like an arranged marriage Hmm. and Jeannie is at the forefront and center of both those things. And when everything starts afresh and they think they're in a good spot, hopefully going to land Paul George and LeBron James, then both those guys are going to be like Dan said, pretty happy about everything and they'll they'll be yes men when Jeannie says this is your role blah 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 and I'm not even sure unfortunately if she even did that and outlined their roles specifically enough for them you know and I think that's where you're seeing the disconnect where by like by all accounts the president of basketball operations is at the top right then it's the general manager unfortunately the Lakers aren't run like a typical normal organization (laughs) um the Lakers if you think about it it's almost like the Lakers are Disney being run like a mom and pop shop. And that just can't happen. You know, the Lakers are this world renowned franchise and have been for the last 30 years. And for some reason we're being run like a mom, mom and pop shop while still trying to peddle off this image that we are cutting edge. We're still innovators. And we're like, like startup Silicon Valley, you know, like one of those businesses out there, venture capitalists, 
but that's I'm not how go, it's being run. I, I'm going to go so far as to say that this is no longer Lakers nepotism. I wouldn't even say this is Lakers mom and pop shop. This is Lakers incest. This is <laughs> arranging oh, Jeannie Buss making Magic Johnson because she loves Magic oh so much. Deal with Rob Palinka because she loves Kobe oh so much and marry them together. This is mm-hmm. a shotgun marriage. All we're doing is just swimming in the same pool of Lakers love and family. And so we, while in it's one just, way oh, we're a family, no, 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 no. There's some freaky deaky stuff going on behind the scenes that we need to pull the curtains back on. And I think we're seeing it. Magic said he wanted to be free, but he still loved Jeannie. Jeannie responded on Twitter hours later uh, to Magic stepping down, saying how much she loved him and that how he will always be a Laker and how they, you know, they'll always have a great relationship. And thank you for the time they had together. I'm like, what the fuck is going on, man? Like, no one's mad right now? That's, that's love on a different it. level that I can't truly comprehend. So now I'm thinking that maybe there's some ulterior, you know, y'all drinking out the Kool-Aid together, and now we're seeing that magic might be getting a little woke and say, I got to get out of here. I got to mm-hmm. get out and this, get back this, to my normal self. I don't even know how to, like, are we worse? Are we worse? Are we more poorly ran than, than the Knicks right now? Are yeah. we? Like, that's honestly, tough. Like, if, if you were <laughs> Do I have to answer that? I don't know, but are we? This is what I'm. This is what I'm thinking about. And with with John is saying, it's like, yeah, we're trying to run the mom and pop, the family organization with the buses. I I think I took it in Twitter a couple of days ago, and I just said the Lakers just need a total reset at this point. And it you can still be ran by the buses, but you cannot keep bringing in these guys who you love personally on this level, former Laker greats, former Lakers, this and that. You have to start up fresh. If you're going to be a team like, uh, I don't know, the team up north in the gold, like Golden State, you're going to run it with some kind of venture capitalist mentality, as you were saying, Jonathan. you got to have this kind of cutting edge look and feel to your team. As much as I hate to say it, and as much as I hate to say it, to be honest, look at Steve Ballmer and what he's done with the Clippers. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not. I'm not looking <laughs> at shit. Say. I'm not. I'm that's not looking at the Clippers like that. Say. Matter of fact, I'm going to pivot from that. Jonathan, what did you think of Jeannie's tweet in response to Magic stepping down? I think she was genuine with her love of Magic, and I, and I also may I I can get behind like I said the fact that maybe she knew it advance. I think what shocked her is just the way that kind of Magic left them out to dry, like with the snap of a finger, and almost aired the Lakers dirty laundry out. I'm surprised there was no like PR person just making sure that he didn't step out of line. Cause he went on for 45 minutes and I'm surprised that he didn't reveal every single behind the door oh conversation that they had with other teams, players they wanted to trade. Cause he, he very easily could have gone down that route. He was already kind of off the rails talking about every person he's been accused of tampering with, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just nuts that nobody stepped in and was like, okay, magic said he's going to step down. We'll, we'll take questions later. You know what I mean? They just kind of let him go off the cuff and that could have been so, so dangerous. Uh, but I'm kind of going off the rails here, but to answer your question, I mean, I do believe she's being genuine. I do believe that she loves Magic Johnson that much, but I'm sure internally she's like, well, what the hell do I do now? Because even though he had maybe told us this and that he was kind of going down this direction, we did not expect him to do this today. 
after our very long meeting planning out the off season because now right. we got to scramble so that that's my feeling like she was surprised i think she still loves magic johnson but now she's kind of left trying to catch her bearings all of a sudden yeah uh, I, yeah aka the apocalypse that we're seeing right now go ahead Dan. <laughs> exactly no i was gonna say that 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 response yes with the with the deer and, and deep love for magic johnson great but you have to put your foot down at this point and just think of it as an uh, unacceptable move like, what's the limit with Genie Bus at this point? Like, if Magic were to just made a boneheaded mistake in the middle of the season, oh, oh, it's okay, Magic. It's another pat on the back. Magic does this, and it's another thing that's wrong. Oh, Magic, it's okay. Like, you can't just keep letting him do this. And I get, like I said, that it's your dear personal friend, but a business is a business, man. Genie handled the operation side when it was her and her brother correct like yes. her brother handled the basketball side and Jeannie handled the business of the lakers yes. the lakers business has always been booming even when they were struggling but to cut your brother out and then just hire the first thing that came through the door the first thing that's nearest and dearest to your heart now i'm starting to question Jeannie, as far as your business decision-making skills, like that wasn't even a smart personnel doing your due diligence, trying to make ensure that the next moves for the Lakers are the best moves. She just went out and went and hugged her big brother and said, come on in, just make yourself at home. I'm trying to believe some of these angles that the Rick Buecher saying that, oh, she's Khaleesi and that she, you know, is always like, I, I have not seen one Game of Thrones episode <laughs> in my life. So hopefully that's, that made sense. But like that she's actually like behind the scenes in the real puppet master. I would love for that to be true. But what I'm seeing is that Jeannie is a wonderful, caring person, a great human being that might just love too hard and it might be a little too loyal. Like you just brought Magic Johnson in and he did whatever the hell he wanted. And you are now left to pick up the pieces. And in these times of uncertainty, you got to watch out for the vultures. It mm-hmm. seems like there might be a couple of um, I won't I won't call them vultures, the scavengers that in times of, um, <laughs> you know, uncertainty come in and take charge. We're going to get into who that might be uh, right after the break. And we're back. Welcome back to the Late Night Lake Show. As Ricky was alluding to, this is hell on earth. For Lakerland and late, and, and that, it really is. That's what's great. going on here? But as as Magic's out the door, what's next? And what's next for I don't know Rob Linka, Ricky. I don't know why he has a job still. Um, I thought it was about to be, uh, you know, I just thought Jeannie was just going to empty the clip and just clean house, and we'll just start over. <laughs> And it'll just be that, you know, the end of the Fresh Prince where Will's just sitting in an empty mansion. And then Jeannie fills it back up. Like, isn't she rich enough to hire a search firm or anything like that? But she's... (laughs) Or some recruiters. (laughs) Yeah. But regardless, Rob's still on the team. Uh, He's still holding a role with the Lakers. I think Rob Palenka is Evelyn's salt in all of this. He is undercover playing his role, being a sleeper cell, 
And now that he has back channeled his way into quote unquote backstabbing magic and calling into the halls, where's magic? Where's magic? And getting him out the door. It seems like his role is only going to grow. Uh, Jonathan, where does Rob Palinka's uh, employment with the Lakers still land with you? So I want to say first off that I'm scared as hell, but I also <laughs> okay. want to. I, I also want to. Understandable. Totally I also want to say though that him still being in office actually right now, as of today, like a day after all that shit hit the fan, does not concern me. It, it'll concern me if a week or two from now, we're not hearing of any rumblings of a search going on. Because if anybody is familiar with what happens when restructuring happens up top or a company gets acquired, and I've been through this in acquisition, when a president steps down and you know, like a bigger studio or a bigger company takes over, the heads of each department are not necessarily eviscerated the next day. You know what I mean? Like it has to be business as usual till everybody can get their papers in order. And can you imagine if Rob Palinka was fired, who the hell is going to, I know they have staff there like Ryan West <laughs> and Jesse Buss, but still like Rob Palinka was still the general manager. He still had plans. You know, if right. you fire that guy after day one of magic Johnson stepping down, then you're left with Jeannie Buss up top. That doesn't comfort me. So for him to still be in office, that, doesn't concern me it'll concern me down the road right um and with regards to what i think of rob palenka and you calling him evelyn salt you know i i sort of feel the same way in terms of him just being this slimy two-faced sort of dude my own analogy for rob palenka my my own analogy for rob palenka is he reminds me of a prosperity gospel preacher um (laughs) 3 a.m on bet yes i know well (laughs) where All they care about is outward appearance and what sounds right to the people. Uh, But when you really look at their life, they don't really follow through action. And there's a lot of deception involved there. Because, I mean, to be honest with you, when Rob Palenka first took office, man, I was buying everything he was saying. Maybe not necessarily all the random like manna from heaven, biblical verses and whatnot. But he seemed like he was taking us down a route that we had always wanted to go in. You know, innovation, being forward thinking. And then you just see what goes on and you're trading Zubats for nobody. And you're like, that's not innovation. That's just, you just lost your goddamn mind. So (laughs) I'm not worried right now because Rob Palenka just by default has to be there. He has to go, he has to still lay out the plans. And then I think what'll happen is once Jeannie finds the president of basketball operations and puts that guy into office, that guy then has the power to fire Rob Palenka, I hope. Obviously, Magic Johnson tried to do that. Didn't work out. Uh, the, the biggest concern right now is how intrinsically tied are Jeannie and Rob, right? Because right. if she wouldn't let Magic do that, then is she going to hire a president of basketball operations that's okay with Rob Palenka maintaining that general manager position? Or has she picked it? <laughs> or has she already made up her uh, yeah, mind? Yeah, or has she already made up her mind? So in that sense, I'm very scared of what's about to, to come. One would hope that all the media backlash would get to Jeannie, and she can sort of, magic sort of did her a favor, and she's able to take a step back for a little bit and say, okay, maybe I need to rethink where everything's going here. It's kind of a weird time at this point. Like, as you were saying, you know, he they're not going to fire him right away, like how the normal businesses ran, because they've got to find their staff. Maybe the next person who hires, they hire actually does like Rob Palenka, like his ideas. But 
he is very lucky it's the end of his season right now and there's no playoffs for the Lakers. That's all mm-hmm. I got to say. Um, and, and the Lakers are actually very lucky that's the, same, that's the case too because, you know, you can make a fire when the season's over and then plan around that. But this is supposed to be one of our biggest summers, man. This is supposed to be exactly, one, and which is which is crazy to me to think that Magic Johnson, with the, all his plans laid out, leaves right before the well, potential bit quote well, unquote, biggest summer where we're back, back, back. So what, what does that doing? tell you, Danny? What does that tell you? We ain't there wasn't shit behind door number three. There wasn't shit behind door number two. <laughs> so you're saying we should? LeBron was behind oh. door number one, and then you know what? That was the end of the road. We were supposed to <laughs> we come out and get another star this summer. Back, back, back. Remember, they came out, another report came out. I mean, Buker, I was watching this live when uh, Goward asked Buker who's going to run the Lakers next. And he said <laughs> that if Palinka can get Kawhi, it's going to be Palinka. Wait, 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 hold up. Oh, no. oh, I got I to gotta connect <laughs> oh. some dots right here. We're going to have four extra months of Rob Palenka from I now know. to August. <laughs> so, you what? know, it, it makes sense in the fact that you got to have someone around to make this. You don't want to rush and hire someone and have them in charge of pitching the free agents. Like, Or do you just say, fuck it and punt it all and be like, we're just going to take this offseason out. We're just going to do this and that. Apparently, Jeannie said, look, you go get Kawhi and you keep Kawhi off the Clippers, yeah, you can. You get the keys to the Ferrari, which is the Los Angeles Lakers. Oh, man. And that is so dangerous. You are giving – I think he's a Russian spy. You know, I, don't, I shouldn't <laughs> say a Russian spy. I don't want to cause up too many more unnecessary clicks. <laughs> he's, oh, he's, a, he's a secret agent. He is, he is a secret – he's a sleeper cell. And I got to ask, is Kobe the Illuminati? Is Kobe actually running <laughs> oh, all of God. this – from way, way, way far back. No one's talking no, about no. no one is talking about how Jeannie apparently loves and respects Kobe's opinion so much. She hired his agent, right? And wouldn't allow Magic to fire his agent. Like, Jonathan, do you think that there is any connection that Kobe Bryant is secretly not playing Mozart and competing <laughs> with uh, with your studios to try to put out some Oscars and for animation? Uh, but is Kobe actually doing some stuff with the Lakers for real, for real? Hey, I like the the relevant connect back. Uh, DreamWorks Animation, baby, let's go. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I like that angle. Very creative. And if you're to go off of uh, Kobe Bryant's previous commercials, his uh, You're Welcome Kobe System Nike commercials, yes. yeah, Illuminati all the way. But <laughs> I'm going to take it down to earth a little bit. Sorry, Ricky. <laughs> please, please do. And just say that I think the real problem here and the real puppeteer here, unfortunately, is the real puppeteer of Jeannie is just the ghosts of Lakers past, meaning her father. Mm. And her love for Kobe Bryant, her love for, for Magic Johnson, her her love for Rob Palenka, this all stems from the legacy that her father left that she's trying to live up to right now. And that's dictating and informing every decision that she makes. Luke Walton's the coach. Byron Scott was previously the coach. Yada, yada, so on and so forth. So for me, if there's any Illuminati or any one controlling power, it's just the sins of the past, not the sins of the past, the greatness of the past that she is trying to catch up to instead of kind of just forging her own. And if she really followed her dad's footsteps, she would know that it's okay to 
go off the beaten path, you know? Yeah. It's tough to break that mold. It's tough to break the things that you are instilled at a young age. I mean, your dad's, you know, Dr. Jerry Buzz, come on. He's the greatest owner of all sports. Um, and arguably, I mean, I think he is, uh, but it's tough to create your own path when all you know is the way your dad did it. Well, my dad would have done this or, you know, Dr. Buss would have done this. You have to create your own path. And the way when, when they pass down the keys to you, yes, you still are running the Lakers. You're still having this, your, your baby, but you could still raise it in your way where you still feel like it's going to be great. You don't always have to look at others and the way they did it. Because if you keep doing that, it's just going to be repeats of the past. If you're going to keep hiring Laker, former Lakers to do this, you're still going to have this whole Laker family thing. But if they don't know what they're doing or it's not going to work, ultimately we're going to fail. The Lakers are going to fail if that happens. And that keeps going. Can I jump in and say something real quick? I, I think it's very, very clear that when they took on these positions, they had a pretty good inkling that they would get Paul George and LeBron James. This is taking it way back, okay? But I think Paul George ruined the Lakers in more ways than he knows, than any of us know. Mm. Because I think Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka were just going to throw up their throw up their feet and say, and kind of fall ass backwards into success. They, like Their success was almost teed up for them because I think they were holding on to, we're about to get Paul George and LeBron James. And then all of a sudden, Paul George threw a wrench into those plans, and they were like, oh my God, is LeBron still want to come? Okay, Hugh, Hugh, LeBron James still wants to come. But really, these guys, I don't think they had that intricate of a plan outside of we're getting PG and LeBron, right? That's why they cleared that cap space and traded D'Angelo Russell. And when that yeah, fell like apart, it- all of a sudden, they don't have as many contingency plans and Rubik's Cube's plans as uh, Rob Palenka makes it seem like they do. I feel like when you're alluding to Paul George, I actually had... Um, a source that worked for Paul George's agency uh, it was CAA. And once uh, Paul George heard about the heavy pursuit of LeBron and he didn't want to deal with clutch sports, that's mm. kind of the break, the separation between Paul George and coming to LA. I don't think it was the fact of the, uh, the front office and then uh, him not wanting to join the Lakers. I think he just didn't want to deal with clutch, but yep. uh, to, to your point, once we didn't get Paul George and it was just LeBron, what was going to happen next? I wonder. I want to know what their backup plan was. I think point. that's. I think that's when they turned turned uh, to to Rich Paul and was like, "Hey, can you help us out, Anthony Davis? That's the backup plan. All right, we've got assets at least. Let's try and do this." <laughs> I think when Paul George was out of the picture, then it turned to Kawhi Leonard really quickly, right? And then we found out, oh, the Spurs are never going to do this. never going to do a deal never. with the Lakers. Yeah. yeah. All of their missteps stem from the fact, too, that they're just so blatant about everything that they do that they just end up pissing people off. And that includes the Spurs, you know, because I think the first reports out were that I think even Stephen A. Smith was reporting this at the time that Kawhi Leonard is even willing to sit out the season if he's not traded to the Lakers. You know, what happened to those reports all of a sudden? But they came and went so quickly, right? I do remember that at first because there was Lakers one and then for like maybe 24 to 48 hours, then it went Lakers two. Then I was like, ah, well, you know, he's not really too crazy about, uh, you know, possibly teaming up with LeBron. It's like, um, oh, okay. Uh, You know, screw us, right? But that's that's crazy. So really, Jonathan, what, what what you're saying is Aaron Mintz, is the Illuminati. <laughs> oh, maybe if we want to tie it back, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, okay, I'm picking up what you're putting down, man. I'm glad that we're right here on this. Somebody is pulling some strings from high up that, no, but you're absolutely right. 
once Magic and Rob decided that they are going to take the route of we're going to do the show more than the work because we think that this is lined up for us. There are quick things when I think of this front office that come to mind now just to describe them. I would think of arrogance, laziness, and entitlement. And that is absolutely, in my opinion, the worst type of person that you want to work with, under, or around. Like, that sets an environment for, you don't know what the hell he's saying about you. If he's cracking Mm -hmm. jokes about Magic Epic Johnson in the Lakers facility, like, he doesn't care about any of this. And the reports that comes out that Rob is just, he has a form of arrogance about him and that he almost seems like the smart guy and he knows he's the smart guy in the room. Again, second worst person, the smart jackass. It's like, why (laughs) are you around? But, Danny, do you believe that Jeannie is going to, A, keep Rob Palinka? to next season b fire him before free agency or c be named president of basketball operations ricky i'm gonna go with a there he's get she she's gonna keep him around for one more season she's definitely gonna do it she doesn't is he have gonna get the promotion home. or is he gonna stay no, gm he's gonna stay gm someone's gonna, gonna come in GM. above him because he's gonna have yeah because he doesn't he has to know his role at this point uh, and I know he has that arrogance and, co- and cockiness to him, but you're a GM and he's your first year and you do such a good job. What makes you think that the Lakers organization is going to bring you up into a presidential operations role? And you're not a big personality like Magic Johnson. I'm sorry. I don't think a lot of people have heard of Rob Palenka before he was with Kobe Bryant. Um, but yeah, that's my take. Johnson, what about you? Where do you think the fate of Rob Palenka goes into this offseason, into next year? Uh my mind says that Jeannie's going to fire him. My heart is telling me that she, she doesn't have the heart to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just can't, I just can't understand why we would go into the most important off season since the LeBron James off season. I'm, I'm in agreement with Dan that it's probably not likely that Rob Palinka gets ousted anytime soon, but I'm just hoping that the events of yesterday and just her hearing all the backlash and pretty much Lakers Twitter forming a change.org, you know, hashtag fire Rob Palinka. That was amazing. That's, <laughs> that oh, somehow man. that's that's reaching her and that all of a sudden she gets hypersensitive to that. And she's like, OK, no, actually, I need to do my due diligence here. Bob Myers, David Griffin, whoever they I will give them full control. I will give them the control that I did not give Magic Johnson. And Magic Johnson showed her what he was going to do with that. I'm out, you know? So I think just the way that things sort of unraveled, I'm hoping that that's a quick lesson learned for her. And she's like, oh, my God, Magic Johnson just just straight up and left. Used I didn't and abused give, yeah, my father's because I franchise. Did, exactly. And he did that because I didn't give him the power to do what I said I would give him. You know, like, so... In that sense, maybe she's hopefully taking a step back, looking herself in the mirror and saying, okay, whoever I hire for president of basketball operations, I'm going to give him full power and I'm not going to stand in the way of that or intimate to that person that I'll feel bad if you do. You have power, but I'll feel bad if you do this. I just want you to know where I'm coming from because I feel like that's what she did 
with Magic Johnson. Oh, you, uh, you, I'll give you the power to fire Luke, but I just want you to know I'll be so sad if you do. It's like, what? <laughs> That's not really <laughs> so giving the new power. This real life, there was a point today, I was actually thinking to myself, I was like, what if would it be the worst thing if Rob actually did like just take over the Lakers? Like I know a lot of people hate him, but like what if he can convince Kawhi to come over? What if he's like the evil villain, right? What if he's LeBron Miami years or something like that? Then I'm like, dog, this is his first time at this. They hate him. They are leaving him on red with notifications on, with read receipts yes. on. There is nothing about this that says this is going to be good. If he stays, RJ, she's attractive. Still, she's crazy as hell. Walk yes. away. All signs say walk away. Genie, yes, he looks like Rob Lowe. Yes, he is Kobe's <laughs> right-hand man. Genie, walk away, please. From the bottom of Lakers Nation hearts, we if we have to continue this hashtag fire Rob Palinka campaign so that it reaches you, I'm even more concerned then that this is what's going to happen in the future of our franchise. If that's what it takes for you to respond, Miss Bus, maybe selling the team might be in the best interest. But I don't want to. I don't oh, want to go. I don't want to think about that life. I don't want to go there. I don't want to do any of that. Hey, Ricky, we're gonna. Yeah. Really quickly, I just want to turn things to like a positive light because I do think there are some nuggets here that we can sort of latch on to if that's okay, okay. with you yeah please, please enlighten me yeah enlighten please enlighten me. me look at the end of the day yes rob palinka being there sucks and them just honestly not having a structure up top which i've read somewhere that genie needs to reevaluate the structure or lack thereof and that really concerns me that she doesn't even have the hierarchy set straight and you can see if it's so if, if that's really the case then it's so easy to see why Magic was unpleased, why Rob was unpleased, because their roles were probably not clearly defined and they were not, they were promised certain things and it, they weren't fulfilled. You know, you can see where the disconnect is. Um, but anyways, even with all that going on, at the end of the day, what gives me some hope, and I know obviously Magic Johnson taking a step down, there's a lot of speculation that that means like he doesn't want to go through this off season and fail again. And for Magic Johnson's end, the biggest th look from this end, I can empathize and sympathize with him just because he is the face of the Los Angeles Lakers, right? He's essentially our figurehead yep. and anything he does, right? Getting LeBron, obviously he'll get the credit for, but unfortunately anything that we do wrong, and it might even be Rob Palinka's moves, which I've heard that he's the one who actually pulled off the Zubats trade. Guess who's going to get blamed for it. It's going to be Majinka, but really, magic johnson is gonna get blamed for it right people he's are gonna figurehead yep he's the figurehead and people will yeah, of course make fun of his perd haply tendencies and just how inept he is and how naive he is rob palinka will get the brunt of it but or not actually no magic johnson will get the brunt of it right so i can see from his end he's like yo i wasn't even given all all the power to make these decisions and i even had some decisions um stepped over but I'm going to get blamed for everything that goes wrong. Are you kidding me? I'm here to recruit these guys. I, I, I just signed on to be the, that dude at the end of the table when it comes time to pitch these guys. And you told me that I had the power to make some decisions. And when I do, some of them don't even go through. Bingo. And then, yeah. And then one of them, and then, and then the moves that absolutely fail, you're telling me I'm going to get all the blame. I'm leaving. Right. So you can see where, how all of this fell apart so quickly and why Ma magic Johnson wanted out. So, 
super convoluted and having all that being said mm-hmm. at the end of the day we have lebron james and who's going to be the real recruiter here this offseason anyways magic johnson, was, magic johnson was going to be a huge part of it but i am sure lebron james is texting and calling everybody on his new banana boat Yes. Right now. <laughs> Season's done. Yeah. You know, I don't care if Kawhi Leonard is in the playoffs. LeBron James is giving him tips right now on how to guard this dude. You know, so <laughs> and, and and the other thing is LeBron James has a sense of urgency now. Does he? After what happened this season. I, I feel like he doesn't. And I think the the comments that he made on Spectrum Sports Net, which is was essentially his exit interview, led me to believe he understands the gravity of the situation. And now that Magic Johnson stepped down, it's like all the eyes of LA kind of turned to LeBron James and were like, because he's going to get the brunt of the criticism now too. Magic Johnson's not even there to take the hits. Right? It was 50-50 before yeah. between LeBron yeah, yeah. and Magic. And now it's LeBron, no, no, no. You're the face of this um, the shit show right now. Yeah. So <laughs> it's great that if we had in this, in this dire times in Lakerland, at least we have a top three player, if not still the best player in the league on our roster. That being said... There has also been talks of people not, you know, being funky with LeBron anymore these days. There is also talks that LeBron still, you know, might be able to pull a big name free agent or two. That will be in touch with Kawhi Leonard. That's all. That's that little droplet of water. You know, in Mad Max, when they opened up that water and just came down, everybody was under waiting for it to get their little uh, portion of water down. That's that little nugget that I needed from LeBron, that he was, you know, interested in doing some big time stuff by bringing someone over. I'm with that. In my magical land of roses and daisies, there is a Kawhi Leonard and an Anthony Davis on the Lakers next year. I put that at a 1.1% chance, but that is still <laughs> an option because LeBron James is on the roster, to your point. Danny, do, are is are you feeling that optimistic ray of sunshine that Jonathan is uh, opening up the window for us? I, or not? I hope so. I mean, the only place we can go from here is up. That's my biggest thing. No matter how deep, how gloomy it is, it so yes, because <laughs> there is more, way. there is a yeah. bottom, there's still more down to go. LeBron no, can ask no, for a no. trade, okay? But at that point, no, you, you would like, like that. You, you would, you would no, actually, I don't, don't want to get into that right now. I don't want to get into that, but at this point, it's like, okay, what can we hope for? Okay, Rob's if Rob's still gonna be there. Uh, we still have to go through an offseason with him. If he pulls off some kind of moves, I'm hearing we're only going to get Kemba Walker and maybe some other, you know, Kemba-type star, like a Tobias Harris-type free agent. If that happens, it's like, oh, here we go again. If we make moves and we get Kawhi and pull off a Clay Thompson, oh, man, it, like it, it will just be rejoice. And I think we forget about a majority of these things. But if our offseason just doesn't even go away, it's just going to be a continuation. It's going to be more drama that's coming out. Because when things get worse, misery needs company and more things will come out. Um, but I have another thing that we can look forward to. I mean, if we get the number one pick in the draft lottery. <laughs> <laughs> man that would that would absolutely be something and i would still be scared shitless that we would make, that we make the wrong decision, decision yeah. to make the wrong decision so um john i really Listen, appreciate I, you doing you, that ray of sunshine uh, danny keep going oh sure i was gonna i was just gonna say the only place you can go up from from, from here is up the only place we can go from here is up guys 
I don't think right. we get any lower. I like that. <laughs> y'all, y'all can believe that, but if you if you listen to Ricky, trust me, there there is still more chambers of hell to this where we are right uh, now. Ricky wasn't Ricky. What aren't you like the optimist of this? And I'm the realist when it comes to things like this. Are, are we flipping roles here? Dog, it is 112 <laughs> degrees in the room that I'm in right now. The Lakers are in hell. Like, I I <laughs> want to keep being glass half full. And even I when the kid I, knocks over the glass. But right now, I am scrapping for silver linings in all this. And right now, the biggest silver lining that I'm seeing circulate and that I've seen uh, Jonathan touched on and I heard you touched on is that now that what if the biggest – cancer to the lakers problems was magic johnson we're 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 cutting out stuff right now to try to find an issue magic purged himself of the lakers you know entity and we're gonna see we're gonna see if we're gonna get better but at the same time there's still a general manager that is part of the problem how much that story is TBD, right? And then there's still a head coach that still for the on-court success shares some of that responsibility too. So while, yes, we could be on our way up and on our way to recovery, I still need to know if we have a couple more viruses left. So I'm <laughs> cautiously stepping into these next few weeks. I think that that should be the plan. But Jonathan, the Lakers have told us that they either only go for superstars or the bottom barrel free agents. The Yes, absolutely. They need to start playing, making those smart chess moves and not just playing like checkers. But uh, <laughs> up until this day, I do not see any grandmasters coming to the table. Oh, wait, I forgot. GD thinks it's Rob Palenka. Uh. Like that's, we're going to have to either will him out or will him up because if he's not going anywhere, we're going to have to start rooting for the bad guy. And yeah. I, I, I it, it's sickening, but we're going to have to then, if Jeannie decides that Rob's going to stay through free agency, he's going to control the draft and all this while we look for a search, or while we do a search firm to bring in a president of basketball operations. Now we almost have to think everything that we don't believe in Rob and pray that he could actually make those smart decisions. And that's not the, the side of the fence that I want to be on fellas. So I, I agree with you. And at that point, I'm almost hoping that LeBron and LeBron James and rich Paul take over, pull some strings and get somebody in, in here. You know, it's like, what's the lesser of three evils right now, Jeannie bus, Rob Palenka or LeBron James and clutch. That's where we're at. That is 100% where we're at right now. <laughs> like, we have all three evil stepsisters in the room, and we just got to go figure out who's like, who's the to get nicest one. Out of the three. Yeah. <laughs> it's I'm literally like that. Or if, if, or if Jeannie somehow comes to some revelation here or enlightenment and has actually, an and actually, and has an epiphany and actually hires a Bob Myers and gives him control. Obviously, that is a pie in the sky right now based off everything that she's done. But if she actually does that, then man, we're going to be in such great shape. But that's just like probably right now the 1%, and you can't really <laughs> cling on to that, right? You have to expect the worst at this point. I would kill for Bob Myers. 
<laughs> I would literally kill him. We he went to UCLA. Man. He's from Los Angeles. I it's would literally apparently more than just a rumor. So look, she needs to pay up. <laughs> we yeah, can we can poach can these guys if you really want to. We yeah. are the freaking Los Angeles Lakers, you know? Then why don't we have the best analytics department? You know, why don't, don't we have the best? Like I think I saw a report about the Milwaukee Bucks. Their bench seats are adjustable per player so when they sit down it levels out the seat to so they have perfect alignment why in god's green earth does the <laughs> premier franchise in almost all of american north american sports not have some adjustable goddamn seats <laughs> like why are we so behind just on like the on the basic stuff of what greatness in being a great franchise and organizations all about we're missing those pieces. Like, obviously, I, it's more than comfy couches. It's more than analytics department. It's just, it's all of the above. And that we need, we just need a Bob Myers to leave his comfortable position and billion-dollar stadium that he's going to help open up to come and clean up the shit that, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of Theo Epstein leaving the Boston uh, Boston Red Sox and taking over the mm-hmm. Cubs. The only difference is he didn't leave Boston after they won the World Series. They were down for a couple of years after that, and then his contract expired. Then he went to go revitalize the Cubs. Yeah. Bob Myers, unless Genie is going to literally bring the Brinks truck, and I don't even think a Brinks truck would hold what he would need to make, uh, to his doorstep, I don't see it. I love that it's more than a rumor, apparently, but... Man, we're just 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 go do the whole thing. Go hire, I don't know, man. Go hire Olivia Pope and whoever her search <laughs> firm and bring in some young, <laughs> aggressive, smart, forward thinking uh president of basketball operations. Let's just get better, please. Or get rid of the team, Jeannie. I just talked about this earlier. <laughs> or or give up. I'm sorry. That Yo, one question. one last positive point. Magic Johnson. I love the balance. <laughs> Magic Johnson, because he's no longer working for the Lakers, can now actually tamper if he wants to. Oh, he can reach great. out to all of these guys, and he's not going to be culpable for it because he doesn't work for the Los Angeles Lakers. And I feel like at this point, it's almost like Genie should tell Magic, hey, you owe me one for this. So at these pitch meetings, because the players still respond to Magic Johnson. as execs the, do too. They only answer they, to him. <laughs> Right. So I think this offseason, if they want him to be part of those pitch meetings, he'll do that. But and that's essentially his role with the Lakers. I just think he overstepped his bounds thinking he could still do the same things he was doing as not an employee of the Lakers as an employee. And that's when it becomes tampering. Right. But now that he's no longer he's he's removed from the Lakers organization, he can text and and tweet and DM Kawhi Leonard, whoever he wants to. Right. He can sell the Lakers that way. And that was his primary value to the Lakers anyways. You know what I mean? So if they want to go that route, they should go that route. If Rob Palenka wants to bring in Kobe Bryant to these pitch meetings, please do. You know, players will respond to Kobe and Magic Johnson. And uh, yeah, I just hope Jeannie's like, okay, you owe me for that bullshit that she pulled off at the end of the season. So pay it forward. Whether Even if it's not him going to the pitch meetings, you know, it's just like recruit these players on the side. Jeannie went up There's... to Magic and said, Magic, check this out. This is what we're going to do right here. You're going <laughs> to step down, right? Because I'm tired of getting fined 
all that because of your crap, right? You yeah, want to be happy go lucky. We're not going to get fined <laughs> no more, man. So we're going to relieve you of your duties. You could go be free as a bird. I'm like a bird. You could go do all that, right? But but we're going to need you to show up and we're going to need you to start shaking hands and kissing babies in the way only you know how. Because they're exactly. not going to run my pocketbooks anymore, Magic. I like that, Jonathan. <laughs> See, that's why because... we bring you on the show. Stuff like Thank that. You. that. He and that's is the Illuminati. Thank you. <laughs> you are the advisor to the late night Lake show. Just how Jerry West should have been the advisor to the Lakers. Anyway, um, but Magic is a big personality and a big face that everybody likes to look at and listen to because he has that smile. He has that charm. He could use this to his advantage, but let's see how it works. This is such, it's such a mystery. It There's so many drama line that's going to occur during the summer. This is going to be one interesting summer. And this is the most. This is the most crucial, pivotal moment, because we have a chance to clean, not clean slate. We have a clean slate, chance to clean house and determine the direction of our franchise moving forward, and how to surround LeBron with not only the right personnel on the court, but up top as well. And if we botch this, it's gonna ruin. It's not gonna ruin LeBron's legacy. It's gonna ruin his late his Lakers legacy. You know, with this team and this franchise. And I believe him when he says he wants his jersey in the rafters. But what if the Lakers unintentionally just turn him into Dwight Howard because of wow. their ineptitude? You went there. Ugh. You Don't absolutely do that. just went Don't there. Don't do that. You, you know That's what? We we right we there. really enjoyed having you on the show, Jonathan. But I think at I think at this point, I think you, you just might, crossed the line. But yeah, <laughs> I think you you brought up Dwight's name and then you compared him to LeBron. But no, no, you're absolutely right. The Lakers right. could make him that, not right. by his power, but they could <laughs> turn him into that villain. You know, so oh, Lakers could ruin LeBron, and he's already on thin ice with the franchise, the fan base anyway. Mm-hmm. Heavy. <laughs> well, we're going to take that and we're going to go nibble on that off air. But once again, Jonathan Hernandez, hey. Lakers Legacy Podcast. Thank you so much for being on the show. Danny, I got to go restock the fridge with water and uh, graham crackers and all types of bunker food. Um, yeah, I'm actually uh, putting some more brick and mortar around my house just in case anything happens. So Perfect. same dudes. Hey, yo, Jonathan. it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. It was a blast, and as usual, it was lit. All right, and that's it for today's show, guys. It was kind of a mishmash, sort of weird, Frankenstein-y sort of episode, but I thought it was relevant, and a lot of our listeners haven't gotten a chance to, one, listen to our old, old episodes when we started back in 2015 into 2016. So I think it gives us perspective on, on where we came from and where we're at and where we hope to go and where we hope not to go, and also just uh, a good look at another great Lakers podcast like the uh, Late Night Lake Show. So please follow them. Follow Ricky at Mr. Ricky Spanish and Dan at Based underscore Dan. And uh, yeah, we'll get back to our regularly scheduled show soon. We're honestly just waiting for things to pop, news to pop. And uh, like I said, I have a great introductory draft episode in the queue just waiting in the wings for the right time to drop but in the meantime please follow us on twitter at lakers legacy pod please rate interview us on itunes that really helps us out a lot i put in a lot of work even when it comes to frankensteining this episode together and um and if you want to help us out financially in any small way please go to patreon.com slash the lakers legacy podcast to do so so with that said catch you guys later and hashtag fire up Oh, 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 oh,